You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord, it is a great mystery of our faith that we encounter this day. That our Lord Jesus should be seen in counsel with Moses and Elijah, both of whom are long gone on to glory. And so his true nature is revealed to us. Grant us grace to reflect well on this mystery today and by it be drawn ever closer to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Delilah, I'm going to be working the control from up here. Thank you. So, um, this incident in Jesus' life really is a mystery. Um, So much so that there's language in it really only used here in the New Testament. This word we use, transfigured, or this is Transfiguration Sunday, it talks about Jesus being transfigured. This is... The word, the word in Greek here is metamorpho, which, from which we get metamorphosis in English. And it only appears, apart from this story, it appears in, in all three Gospels in this story, but apart from this story, it only appears one time in the entire New Testament, and that's in this passage. Do not be conformed to this world, but be metamorpho by the renewal of your mind. Romans 12.2, that is, transformed. I wish they would keep it consistent in the translation. Be transfigured by the renewal of your mind because what happened to Jesus was much more than he looked a little different. He looked crazy different such that the people who'd been walked up the mountain with him were terrified of him. And so it is that the grace of God shining through him, his own uncreated light from before time was shining through him for the first time in his fleshly form. And he's revealed to be who he really is to his disciples and to us. And we are called into that same kind of relationship. That's what Romans 12, 2 is about. We are called to be transfigured by the light of God. This is what happened to Moses when he came down the mountain. His face is glowing, not because Moses was a really good guy or because he sort of ramped himself up to a great day of discipleship. But because his encounter with the living God had changed him. Now, this is uh, the Mona Lisa, obviously. I am, I, I'm not a fan of portraiture, so I take this on faith. I am told that this is considered the most perfect portrait ever painted. I don't know why. But I'm taking it on faith. Um, And as a most perfect portrait ever ever painted, for those of us who are made in the image of God, which Genesis 1 tells us we all are, this is a good analogy to our own experience or who we are. This is apparently a most almost perfect image of Mona Lisa. But the world comes at us 
and distorts that image. Sometimes it distorts it just a little bit. Sometimes it distorts it a little bit more. Sometimes we've been so beat up by the world that the image of God is scarcely discernible in us anymore. Just the vague outlines and shape of it. Now the world, I don't think, necessarily means to do this to us. Certainly there are malevolent people and they act upon us. But most of the time, the world's trying to help us out. It's just got a better plan than God's for us. Now, you you all know my daughter draws. You'll see her doing it around here a lot. Um, She draws a lot in this style. Um, we, we We watch a lot of anime at our house. And um, you don't need to hide your head. You're good at it. <laughs> this, is a, this is a fairly good anime representation of the Mona Lisa. And the world usually wants to help us. It's, it's got a plan for us. It's going to make us more beautiful. It's going to make us more accomplished. It's going to make us realize our dreams. It's going to make us feel empowered and in control. But it's still not the portrait God intended. This is, a, this is a fun picture. It's not a bad picture, but I don't think it's going down in history as one of the great portraits of all time. It's still a distortion of what God had wanted for us in the beginning and what we were made to be. Now, it's not bad enough that the pressure is coming at us from the outside. Here's what happens when we look inside. We start to discover pressures from within as well. This uh, picture is a medieval picture of a really famous incident and then probably one of the most famous Christians of all times alive. That this is Augustine of Hippo or St. Augustine, St. Augustine, however you like to pronounce it. Um, despite the fact that he was one of the best trained people of his generation. He was super well educated. He was considered a great speaker and one of the foremost authorities of his time before he became a Christian. One thing he could not escape with his philosophy, he was a Manichaean, Um, the thing he could not escape with his philosophy was that as he looked inside of him there was evil, not just out there, but inside of him as well. And this incident is what made him realize that. Augustine was the writer of probably the first, first ever modern autobiography. Biographies in the ancient world never let you in on the thoughts of the person who was being written about. Augustine writes his own thoughts down for us. So he really gives birth to the modern autobiography this way. And here's what he remembered from being, uh, when he was a boy, he remembered stealing pears. It seems pretty insignificant, right? But here's the problem. Here's what he remembered about that was that he didn't steal them because he was hungry. He didn't steal them because he didn't like the owner of the vineyard. He didn't steal them even because he was with a bunch of friends and everyone was doing it. He stole them because it was fun to do the wrong thing. He knew what the right thing was to do and there was a little part inside of him that loved to just do the opposite of what was the right thing. And because of his painful honesty with himself, he knew those forces were in him distorting this power of sin, as we call it. It was not just outside coming in at him, it was inside of him coming out. So this is another picture of the Mona Lisa. This is the most famous 20th century representation of her. I don't know if you can see this, but she's got a mustache and beard now. Um... This is Marcel Duchamp's favorite, famous uh, painting, L- L-H-O-O-K-U, um, which 
I don't speak French, but I'm told that when you say it correctly, when you say those letters correctly, it sounds like French for she's got a hot butt. (laughs) This is the same thing that Augustine was talking about. This most perfect portrait in history, what Marcel Duchamp wants to do is screw it up. He wants to take something almost sacred and make it profane and desecrated. And that, that urge inside of us can take different forms. Sometimes it takes the form of making the sacred look ridiculous. This is Mr. Bean as a Mona Lisa. <laughs> Sometimes it means we so like to take ourselves into pieces that we don't even know who we are anymore. We're literally disintegrated into our component parts. One of the, one of the best-selling not books right now out on the New York Times bestseller list is by a scientist proving why we don't have free will. or That's what he tries to pretend to prove. So he spent 300 pages or 400 pages trying to describe to us why he shouldn't have written this book in the first place. He's dismantling his own humanity and saying there's no point to any of this. We can do that to ourselves. Or worst of all, when the, the evil inside of us meets with the evil out in the world, truly horrific things can happen. We've been watching a lot of World War II movies at our houses. They're doing World War II history in school right now. And of course, whether he appears in the movie or not, Hitler's figure dominates the landscape of a world at war. And you see what a frustrated artist can become when the evil inside of him is met with evil outside in the world and the two cooperate. However we're distorted, in whatever ways sin has torn our lives to pieces and tried to rearrange those pieces so we don't look like what we were supposed to look like, what we need is the touch of God so that by His grace we can slowly be cleaned up and reassembled recycled and resurrected into the image we are made to be. And somehow in that, we're even better than we were before sin touched us. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart Not be all else to me, save that thou art Be thou my best thought in the day Sleeping, thy presence, my life.